The Blockbusters Podcast is a proud member of the Pod Bros Network, where you can find us as well as other excellent podcasts such as Sarcasm City, Worst Millennials, and Late Night Gamers at podbros.com. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Blockbusters Podcast. Tonight's story is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. Who's going on? Today we are canceling the apocalypse! Excellent! Houston, we have a problem. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Get away from her, you bitch! And like that, he's gone. Welcome to another episode of Blokebusters. I'm Paul. Yeah, Brian, 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 hello? Oh, oh yeah, Brian's not here. Uh, yeah, his cat's sick or something. Um, so instead, I decided to get a hold of someone called Paul. Hey, Paul. Hello. hello. Oh, oh yeah, sorry, no, two people called Paul. Yes, that would, yeah. <laughs> that would explain You that. buy one, you get one free. <laughs> yes. And if you're also called Paul, then you get a fourth one, so there should be another one coming along soon. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yes, I got a hold of Paul Salt and Paul Goodman from the One Good Thing podcast. Uh, how are you doing, guys? Yeah, oh, we're doing very well. Thank you very much. Yeah, pretty good. How, End of the how weekend. Are you? How are yeah. you, third Paul? Uh, I am doing all right, although I don't. Not sure I like the third Paul. No, I suppose I, you're the first Paul. Yes. Yeah, so, well, you are the um, first founding Paul. Exactly. Yes. So, <laughs> <we'll> <laughs> see. Uh, before we get into the semantics of who the first, second, and third are, I feel we'll work this should, out, guys. Yes, uh, it'll take a while. Uh, why don't you guys explain like your podcast? What it is you do? Sure. Paul, do you want to have a good old whack at it? Oh, go on, go on then. Um, well, we're on. A pos- yeah, well, we're a positive pair, and uh, we like to think that there is uh, something of worth in every film, no matter how uh, bad or offensive or maligned. And uh, that is our mission statement, to take uh, seemingly worthless films and find something good in them. Um, and, yeah, try not to have uh, me- mental or physical breakdowns in the process. Absolutely. We assert that no film is truly worthless, um, and we challenge ourselves every week by taking on cinematic dreck to see if we can find a good old quality in there, even if it's just the way someone said a word that we liked. <laughs> yeah, and we haven't been beaten yet, thanks to semantics. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, semantics, that's, that's where everything lives. Uh, <laughs> you live and die by semantics. Yeah, if we can keep succeeding on technicalities, then that's fine with us, as long as we can go on existing and just <laughs> making dick jokes. God, the minute we find a worthless film, we'll just crumble into dust. <laughs> we will just, yeah. It's like the paradox for robots, we'll just stop existing somehow. <laughs> but until then, <laughs> we're going to make our way through the Adam Sandlerverse. So, it, so it's a high stakes um, podcast, really. Yeah. We'll fight for our own existence. And, and sadly, we'll never know what film that is because you won't be able to edit and then put it out. Be... Shit. <laughs> no, that's true. We're going to have to start putting our um, podcasts on Twitch or something, uh, like live streaming all of them. So that people can watch the, the reckoning. <laughs> oh god, we'll we'll save that for the, some the the anti vag documentary. <laughs> uh, the sad part about that is the question automatically follows of which anti vag documentary? I'm sure there's more than one. Oh no, oh, the worst one. <laughs> Whatever that is. Uh, yeah. Which worst anti vag documentary? <laughs> Someone out there will have divined a means of d- differentiating between the awfulness of these, and we will gladly go where that man or woman has pointed us. Roger Ebert um, wrote a guide on that, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> 
<laughs> so yes, so before we get even further down that route, uh, obviously we asked you guys here to discuss a film, and we thought, what better film to discuss between the three Pauls than Paul? Just to make it even more confusing down the line. So, <laughs> so let's see how this goes, shall we? <laughs> Is there anywhere that you guys want to start with this? Well, I'll start with the scene that just played on my television, okay. uh, which is, I'm pretty sure, yes, I can verify this, um, in the opening sequence, in which, um, we'll get into a plot later, um, <laughs> in which Simon Pegg and Nick Frost take a selfie in front of Jeffrey Tambor. No context needed there, we've all tried. Um, Edgar Wright's clearly in the picture as well. Ah, as the guy Jeffrey Tambor presumably just told to fuck off. <laughs> That's nice. Oh. So he's, he's here in spirit. Yeah. Which is which is good. Paps could have done with a tiny bit more Edgar Wright throughout. <laughs> spread it yeah. spread evenly like Marmite. <laughs> which was being kept in the fridge in this film, by the way. What? <laughs> which was nonsense. Which was grossly offensive. Yeah. Uh, it's actually on how... it's on the IMDB page under inaccuracies or mistakes. <laughs> Marmite <laughs> is up. never kept in a fridge. <laughs> yes, that, well, Depending on where you are in the world, there are several things where the question is, is it in the fridge or is it out on the side? For instance, butter over here in America. Uh, well, in this butter house, is always in the fridge. In my house, Ooh. it's usually in the garbage. Just, uh... <laughs> um, yeah, no, I keep buying just, it just so I can throw it straight <laughs> out again. Throw it at the police horses that come by every Saturday. But we, um, I'm, a, I'm a butter on the side kind of guy. Otherwise, how do you spread it? I've heard same that about as, you. Same as Marmite, yeah. <laughs> well, that that's the thing. A lot of butter like, over here, let's say you're using it in cooking, you'll leave it out then. But butter that you actually use for spreading on something is generally in a tub and it's the same consistency as margarine. Oh, yeah. right. Okay, well, that, that that goes in the fridge. I'm not a monster. Yeah. But <laughs> but actual actual sort of proper, you know, like proper countryside kind of butter, that, that, that stays out in a little jar or in one oh, yeah. of those little fancy like plate and lid things. So yeah, Paul, those little movie. glass containment <laughs> units. Yeah, like, exactly. Very much like the thing out of Superman that contained General Zod. I hope you could suspend my butter in a constant sense state of suffering. And that's that's one of the reasons that I didn't like Paul. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, well, yes, yeah, so th- this film, obviously, we mentioned Edgar Wright. This film is, I think, the first feature outing starring both Simon Pegg and Nick Frost not to have Edgar Wright attached to it. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> crucially, not, not, not writing as well as directing. Yep, yeah, this written by Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. And the yes. first film to be done so by that duo, because of, of course, uh, Sean and Dead and Hot Fuzz were both written by Wright and Pegg. Yep. Yeah. So, is this Frost's first? He must have a feature credit somewhere along the line. Let me just. Uh... You know, I'm not sure. And uh, you'd think that uh, somebody would have done some research on that respect, but no. That would have been lovely. Yeah. Any one of us could have done that. Any one of the pools. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the problem with having three pools. Because we're all equal in status and responsibility. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm going to assume that it was his first feature writing. No, just a couple of short films and a documentary. This is his first, um, his first written credit, and the only other writing credit he has is the original idea for Cuban Fury. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Which I didn't write credit for Nick, nor did I. Mm, have no yeah. inkling, no inclination to. Yeah. To be honest, I feel like that's something that. One day it'll just be on, and I'll see it. Yeah, but yeah. I'm not not going to spend the time going out specifically to see it. No, mm. which is kind of the film 
that Paul feels like, to be honest. We were we were watching it Sunday afternoon, and uh, it kind of felt like that film that comes on on a Sunday afternoon when you're in your shorts and you're eating crisps and feeling a bit sort of sorry for yourself and you've got work on monday so you might as well just watch something to kind of keep thoughts of death at bay jesus christ (laughs) sunday's so stressful (laughs) it's it's, you've really got to like your job and you know yeah i think philip larkin described sundays as such (laughs) i bet bet, bet he didn't watch paul though is the issue he probably watched shane and thicker (laughs) <laughs> but you know how usually like um, westerns come on and it's usually all like bridge over the river quiet or something hmm. that's the kind of film i wanted to be watching but instead i was, was given this you're strapped <laughs> into <laughs> the hall yeah all right so i'm going to go out on a limb here and guess that uh, at least one of you is not the biggest fan of this film <gasps> slander sir <Yeah. laughs> well I'm hearing a no <laughs> Well, that is that's as maybe. Yeah, I, I, nevertheless, I mean, dislike is. I mean, I, I didn't say mm, that. Yeah, I'm not 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 fond. Okay. Mm. Uh, I, I wasn't I wasn't overwhelmed by it. Let's say. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So... More just more just disa- more just disappointed. I think that's 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 the main takeaway from this is being 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 such such massive massive fans of uh peg right and frost to yeah. come come into this i mean could have could have could have uh could have done better i think um, so so maybe you're just a bigger fan of right than you are of frost and peg ah uh, maybe he was the secret ingredient well I, yeah i definitely think he was the secret he was the uh the secret ingredient to this ether but yeah i'm very big fans of peg and right and frost it's there just another factor here that I hesitate to bring up because it's the factor I easily know the least about. But you mentioned it during Paul is Greg, uh, the director Greg uh, Matola, who yeah. also directed Superbad, Adventureland, yeah, uh, various other Which, American comedies. I mean, I, I love Superbad. I think Superbad's okay. excellent, but uh, the com- combination. I think what was really lacking was Edgar Wright's influence because yeah. the, the the script was kind of similar but i mean we'll get into the problems with that at some point well <laughs> my problems anyway but um you're missing that sort of neatness that an edgar wright directed film has where yeah. there's no there's there's no flab there's no there's no a scene doesn't go on for too long a joke doesn't go on for too long it's it's very tight it's yeah sort of, it, uber stylized but it in the most positive way and this there was just a bit too long on the end of every joke just to make yeah. everything fall sort of flat in an ant-man kind of way yeah even the scenes that are sort of very t- uh, sort of encouraged to um sorry even the scenes that are very improvised in things like Shaun of the dead like um uh, where you see them in the outtakes like nick frost sort of describing the um fellow co- the fellow customers in the bar was him basically improvising um even that feels really tight really well edited and yeah very succinct to the point when you'd swear it was scripted um here you can tell there's some improvisation and that people are just sort of waiting for the the peak of a bit without necessarily reaching it mm. okay. uh, yeah uh, well i guess before we start getting more into like, mm. some of the things you may not enjoy what what are some of the things about this film that you really did like then? oh there oh, are plenty. Yeah, oh plenty yeah um some of the okay so coming off of what we just said about some of the comedy being awkward let's focus on the comedy then because this is after all a comedy movie some of the jokes work really well um and really it's a credit to some of the players that they've got um i really enjoyed uh is it kirsten or kristen uh kristen 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 wig 
I really enjoyed her in this. I enjoy her in most things. Um, not enough to really nail down a good pronunciation of her name, but <laughs> enough to sort of be very happy when she appears on screen. And she was really good in this as the sort of um, religious person who encounters an extraterrestrial and freaks out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I, to, I did write down in my notes that uh, I can't tell you how many times I wish I could have just downloaded my knowledge into others just to be like, <laughs> look, here, like, here's what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. But what if they did it back to you and it's like, oh my God, there is a God. <laughs> of course, it all makes sense. That, bu- that butterfly I saw that one time makes sense now. <laughs> the human eye, of course. Yes. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, other characters. Bill Hader was fantastic. Yes, I, I really liked fan. him and um, his uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine buddy. Joel that... Truglio or something like that? That's exactly yeah, it. Yeah, I was about to say, but you beat me to it. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's um... that duo. I really loved that duo. Um, yeah. I don't know if the film did, because they're <laughs> killed off slash maimed quite casually in the script, but... Um, I liked yeah. them. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt that the way that they were just so easily dispatched, as it were, is sort of a take on that. Yeah, you know, it's exactly what the big guy and Jason Bateman were kind of looking towards. Are. They're just these two guys that are just in the way. Like they just yeah. want to get rid of him, and then they are just got rid of. Him, so it's like, oh, okay, well, that would be on to the next thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I my... swore that eventually they would be won over, and indeed, the scene where they go into the comic shop and almost catch them. I could have sworn that that was just building towards, oh, they're going to win these FBI guys over. Mm-hmm. And then Jason, they'll come together to beat Jason Bateman. But I will say that was a pretty effective rug, rug pull when it turned out Bateman was a, was a good guy. Yeah, yeah I mean, back, back to the... Uh, I did actually quite like Jason Bateman in this, which is, which is yeah. good because other than Arrested Development and Horrible Bosses, I can't think of much that I have liked him in. It's been, it's mm-hmm. been a number of disappointments. But one of my, one of my favourite things about the plot was how all of these disparate characters were coming together. And um, like I haven't, I haven't seen it since 2007. Is that when it came out? Oh, no, this is 2011, I believe. Oh, was it? Yeah. God. Yeah, wow. So I, yeah. Huh. I, I, I've completely um, switched somebody out with uh, like my cinema friend, whoever I went to see it with. <laughs> Damn, I'm gonna have to rethink that. Rethink that particular the memory of this. But, hmm. but You're such a flawed um, person. <laughs> and that, yeah, that, that makes me interesting, right? In a narrative <laughs> sense. Um. So when I um. Yeah, I, I I forgot about this aspect of it, but watching it again today, I thought, oh god, this is this is pretty cool. How you've got um um the the dad played by Zodiac. <laughs> Zodiac. Yeah, played by Zodiac. You've got um. Like the guys in the RV, you've got um, Bill Hader and Joe Truglio and uh, Jason Bateman and I think a couple of other people all converging onto this to this one point. Um, and they're all kind of interesting characters in their own right, and they're all pretty they're all pretty cool. And I was enjoying like the wacky racist feel of everybody, yeah, like, like put, going towards this one point. But then when those two guys were dispatched, um, easy, you know, fairly easily, it was like, oh, yeah. well, that's too you know two quite interesting foils that you've just gotten rid of um yeah. in order to have a scene where you go and pick up another character that we don't know about yes yeah, yeah. is it tara um yes the who... woman who first rescued um paul from his spaceship yeah that wasn't that he was did. a bit of a redundant mm. character it was, it was a little like out there i mean it... It obviously made sense given the very end of the film that Paul would want to go and get it, but yeah, it did come completely out of the blue. 
Uh, yeah, they could have just deleted the first scene of him crashing in front of her because it didn't really change anything. True. Yeah, and it, um. it, it, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I understand that it was just a way of putting that. They put that in so that when you turn back up at a random house, you're like, "Oh, is that the house from before?" And then uh, yeah, you see it. Unless that yeah. was a, an excuse just to kill off um, the two um, two idiot twins. I guess so. That was a gross. I just got to the scene where Jason Bateman is introduced, and he actually finds Nick Frost's puddle of urine where he peed himself having seen uh, Paul, and he sort of, you, you see his finger dip into it, and then you see him, like, spit the piss back out again. Gross. Yeah. I, I hadn't noticed that upon my that was preliminary methods. viewing. That was methods. Jason, Jason Bateman insisted on the urine for that. <laughs> He's a mad dog. <laughs> he is. He's a nasty boy. Um, shall we stay focused on players? Is there anyone else who's really good in this? I quite, li- I quite like Sigourney Weaver's uh, voice performance um, as this sort of menacing mother figure. Um, she had one line I really liked, and I can't remember what it was. It involved swearing. <laughs> you must have liked it a lot then. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it changed my life. Yeah. Um, I loved it so much. Minor aneurysm. Forgot on the, forgot on the week. But <laughs> never mind. So, so, yeah. What is this? So the question... <laughs> question then is, uh, do you prefer her voice performance in this, or her voice performance in Finding Dory? Oh, who does she play in Finding Dory? She plays Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> oh, of course, yes! She's on the PA system. Yep. <laughs> um, I found her swearing more appropriate in this. Um, yes. In Finding Dory, it was uh, weird and a little off <laughs> Just a little bit, yes. Give us some fucking whales, kids. <laughs> um, am I right in thinking that she also had a voice performance in Wally? Uh, yeah, she played mother she as the computer or yes. something. I believe yes. you're correct. Yeah, hmm. it yes. Was, was it the? Are you sure? Me... Actually, because in my head, I'm wondering if it was meant to be an Ed Two Hundred Nine imitation. I vaguely remember a masculine voice. It's the ship's computer. Yeah. What's oh, okay. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. a difference between the computer and the the AI that's actually running it. And she is in Wally. I just don't remember. Yes. Yeah. She gives I mean, a famously masculine performance as the <laughs> Yes. Um, I, I, I prefer that one. Left, <laughs> left, uh, left field. Curveball. Ah, uh, Ripley has become the mother, you see. Oh, it's very it clever. It's all very subversive. No, but you're right. She was she was pretty good in this. I never realised how tall Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver was. Um, Sigourney Weaver we've... is her sort of poor Southend-based <laughs> imitation who um, uh, does a very Loft broad sister. performance. Yeah. <laughs> she gets fish heads once a month. <laughs> no, oh, um, other than that, um, who else? Well, Jeff- oh, Jeffrey Tambor. Jeffrey Tambor is cool. Is yeah. always amazing. And here, just playing a really... <laughs> really shitty fucking author. Um, <laughs> yeah. What's this line when someone comes up to him and it's like, um, we need to hurry? He just says like, all right, fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, just really, um, what's, what's the word? Just like a, re- a real like a, a overt swear that really made me laugh. <laughs> um, Jane Lynch was cool. Oh, yes. Uh, Good old Jane Lynch. When she shows up as the waitress, it was just, it, it was really nice because one of the things I liked about this film is it doesn't too heavily make fun of the nerds like there's obviously characters in it who are going to be like fucking nerds you're men right you guys are meant to be men yeah um but largely those were the bad guys who were doing it except the time when jason bateman did it i guess although maybe he was just you know in cover cover for the fact he's really a good guy it's a ruse yeah it was a ruse it was a simple ruse (laughs) a simple ruse that i fell for (laughs) um yeah so i find that it's not mean-spirited against nerds it's not like look at them yeah, freaks. 
it's and the Comic Con scene at the beginning was quite warm, and it's like, yeah, this is a nice little world, even though it's you know largely a commercial yeah. exercise. <laughs> um, and Jane Lynch, yeah, and Jane Lynch was part of that. She's really lovely to the two guys, and is just a really charming character. Yeah. Well, that takes me back to the, the beginning of the um of, of the very beginning of the film, in fact, where it's uh, the shot of uh, Peg and Frost weighing at the the crossing, and they're like bumped into by a few like guys dressed up as aliens. As soon as you see their goofy faces, and they have these big old like lumbering goofy walks um yeah. it was difficult to like feel anything but affection for the two of them if mm-hmm. like straight away it's just like, like a, a really nice film <laughs> yeah and of course the moment they start talking to each other and you realize oh they they pretty much stuck with the bromance that peg and frost had in real life and they just written that into it with the eggy and sausage yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it's the kind of thing that worked really well for Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead, Shaun of the Dead yeah. and Space, rather, specifically. Yeah. Oh, Space. Um, I will yeah. say, this was the sort of late, least of their chemistry. I, I, felt, I yeah. didn't feel it as strongly as I do when... Uh, no, actually, I take that back. World's End was worse for that. Um, but this was the sort of second least of their um, chemistry. I didn't get much off the two of them together as friends. No, and I think a lot of that is to do with the direction as well and the the sort of the flatter way that in you know which this was shot i think, yeah. I think, it, I think it takes a lot out of it there's a lot more there's a lot more intimacy and um it feels like less of a no not less of a soundtrack because you, you remember a lot of Edgar Wright movies by you know by the fucking super cool soundtrack but oh yeah a lot, a lot more like close close shots without music or you know play to silence yeah. where the emphasis is on you know all the like the the thanks babe jokes in space and Shaun of the dead yeah um, well uh, it was with sound effects quite often sort of cuts and things which makes it more playful yeah but just remember them feeling a lot more intimate than it did in this in this film there's always something else going on in it i think and of course they have two very different trajectories in the film so there's not as much them being pushed together as more them trying to grow as different people throughout the film. Mm. So that might have also taken precedent over uh, the uh, the bromance in it. Uh, they had a case of what I've heard referred to as the not gays, where it's very much a case of, um, oh, no, 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 guys, don't worry, don't worry. Here's a female character for at least one of them to fall in love with. It's fine. Don't don't panic. <laughs> and then an Ewok for the other one at the end. Yeah, yeah. Which that was uh, that was one of my big laughs at the beginning of the film. Actually, was him checking out the uh, the girl in the Ewok costume, like yeah. quite pointedly staring at her ass as as, uh, <laughs> as she walks past in the Ewok costume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't. I didn't notice first time. I only just noticed watching it just now um, that uh, it's right after Simon Pegg quite pointedly stared at a uh, layer and um, slave costume. Um, yes. So doing the same thing, so it's kind of like a mirrored shot. Yeah. Fine. That was pretty good. Yeah. And and then of course it leads up to the the groaner of a line of just uh, oh, she was furry nice. No. Oh. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear, Simon Pegg. You boys. Frost. Now, Whichever one of you they are. Uh, You're I, both. <laughs> they're both in there somewhere. Uh, the, <laughs> how how many references to previous? Peg Frost oh, and writing, did you happen to catch throughout this film? Because there were a fair number of them. Oh, really? I mainly was distracted by all the references to various other pop culture things, various Spielberg, Star Wars, etc. references. I'm not sure I spotted many, pri- apart from seeing Edgar Wright in the background of the selfie just there. Um, enlighten me. Yeah, well, um, of course, I only wrote down a couple. So okay. <laughs> I-, I figured you guys That's a couple more. Them. That's a couple yeah. more than I managed to observe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, the uh, the big one that I felt, of course, is uh, the fact that 
Nick Frost character is called Clive. And it's, uh, it's close, near enough that it makes no difference for me that in Shaun of the Dead, it's like, do you want me to do the, the Clive? The monkey. Oh, Clive from uh, Every Which Way But Loose. Yeah, is that? Ah. Okay. Yeah, and uh, the the whole thing where in John Dead he is just being like, "Trying to be the monkey." <laughs> it's just, uh, it, it, yeah. I think it's Clyde in that, but it's uh, it's close enough for me. It counts. <laughs> it counts. Any yes. any corporate except that. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, I've apparently lost my note. Where oh no! It? Where the hell is it? Um, I mean the. The other thing that I felt, it was also, it was just very British. So I think that might have been part of it. But at the end, when they're setting off the firework, they're like, let's set off. And it's like, no, no, no. Uh, what's the uh, what's the safe distance on this thing? It's like, I, I swear that's in space somewhere like that. <laughs> Where they're just uh, that uh, that going over the details, as it were. Uh, Whilst the thing is happening. Yeah, it it felt very much to me just like, oh, yeah, a quick flashback to that. Which, I mean, given that it's written by the two people that were in that, it wouldn't shock me in the slightest. Um, And uh, the only other thing that I noticed uh, in the film that I would realise was a, well, there's two things I realised were direct parodies of something. Uh, One of them being the the Star Wars cantina music in Western format. Yes, in the (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the, I noticed uh, that. Yeah, and then uh, and then you have the most overt one, which is uh, Tara saying to uh, the big guy, "Get away from her, you bitch!" <laughs> oh wow, yeah. Well, they, yeah. They, they were scattered for hours. I mean, there's a moment where um, the guy is about to shoot uh, Nick Frost and says, "Smile, you son of a bitch!" Obviously from Jaws. Um, yeah. The opening sequence was very close encounters of the third kind, and they go back to that mountain from Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the other one? Oh, um, uh, the shooting Bateman. of the radio. Bateman shoots his radio yeah. and says, uh, "Boring conversation anyway," which is of course how uh, Han Solo. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of references in this, and, uh, and I don't necessarily feel they added much. Yeah, well, and there was mm-hmm. one line when uh, I, I believe it's when the two hillbillies are. Oh no, it's not the hillbillies. It's when the policeman is saying like, "Yeah, not, no guns in England." They're just like, "No, no, no <clears> just just farmers." <laughs> it's like, "Oh, yeah. okay, I see what you're doing." <laughs> I did enjoy some of the culture clash stuff. Like, um, mm. there's a scene that I felt was very clever where um, the cop asks them, um, oh, so you guys are English, huh? And they're like, yeah. Do you guys know Benny Hill? No. <laughs> and I felt that was a very clever reference to the fact that Benny Hill's much bigger in America than he is here in the UK. Oh, yeah, very much so. So I quite, I quite appreciated that. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's also, and it's kind of worldwide, but it's always the... You say you're from somewhere, and they, the question is immediately, oh, do you know famous person from the same country? And I did wonder that. I wondered if it was like, do you know personally? But I mm. chose to accept the if the interpretation <laughs> that it meant, do you, are you aware of his existence? Which I don't think it's entirely implausible that a British person could grow up oh. and have never heard of Benny Hill. Oh, yeah. see, the way I, the way I took it was um, he was asking if he was aware of if they were aware of Benny Hill as, as as an artist, and they thought that he meant, do, does he know? Do they know him personally? Oh, you thought that both of our things were correct, except for yeah. different people. How complicated! Yeah, I, <laughs> I like inclusion. Yeah. <laughs> can't we all win? Yeah, I, can I, all can't, win. I can't tell you the number of times when I've been over here and someone's obviously figured out that I'm English, and they do just go, "Oh, do you know the Queen?" And it's like they're about sixty percent joking. 
And I'm like, oh, maybe this is the person that knows the Queen. Ah, I can uh, if you no. look very closely at a five-pound note, you can see me in the background. <laughs> I was there when they took that picture. Yeah. So you have to look very close, though. And then whilst they're looking closely, you run away. <laughs> now, is that one of the new five-pound notes or the old It is. <laughs> I have not seen any of the, the new currency since they've Oh, they loved it. it. It's like <laughs> Monopoly money. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've heard that they're going the, the Canada route, basically. It's, it's just made yeah, all it's of like, the notes plastic. Yep, they're yeah. all plastic and offensive to certain religions. So they're very, very British. Yep. Uh, inau- inauthentic, but offensive. <laughs> But at least in England, it doesn't get hot enough to melt the money, which does happen in Canada occasionally. Really? Yeah, it get wow. it can get during the summer. In some areas of Canada, it can get so hot that the money starts to melt and bend. Ah, so. That's amazing. Okay, that's not something we have to worry about. Train tracks? Uh, yes. But <laughs> money apparently is, is solid against our weather. Yes. We have to stop making our train tracks out of chocolate. It's just a false <laughs> economy. But the Queen loves it. So she Did does. You learn nothing from Willy Wonka. <laughs> oh dear um, but I do like I mean there's a lot of Englishness to this film which I which I yeah. like I like the name Clive for example it's such a it's just such a British name isn't it it's like oh yeah. we should go and eat sandwiches with Clive on the green yes, but what's his full name because I, I remember really Clive Gollins Gollins yeah Gollins that's, the writer that's very British also in it. the writer <laughs> yeah. Clive Gollins I really appreciate yes. that joke it's like um, the actor Kevin Eldon um, <laughs> yes the um, the act, uh, the writer Clive Gollins that's a really great sci-fi name and it's a great british name yeah and yes. of course uh, graham is not the artist graham willie he's just he's just graham <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, that's something we wondered, actually, because he's once again portraying a graphic artist, very much yeah. like Tim from Spaced. And there's a bit, the alien picture he draws with the word fuck off written on it is very similar to Tim's artwork in Spaced. But we happen to know that all of Tim's artwork in Spaced was done by Edgar Wright's brother. Yeah. So we're wondering if he came back just to do a couple of sketches uh, for Paul. Probably. Yeah, it would have made sense. I mean, it was the film was produced by Naira Park and Tim Bevan as well. Yeah. Who you know who who started off with Spaced with Edgar yeah, Wright. A, a lot of the old gang here. It's it's strange that there's apart from you know Peg and Frost being in it. There's just there's very little of the feel of um of those old British works in this. Which you know you, you have an American. Director yeah. who shows the real uh, impact of the director on a project. Yeah. I mean, his nationality isn't any, maybe not be anything to do with it, but he, you know, with a yeah. totally different style against super bad adventure. Yeah. What was what was the other one? Um, oh, he did a few. Um, shit, I think I closed them down now. Yeah, I had the page open a minute ago, and now it's gone. Here yeah. it is. Here it is. Uh, Adventureland, keeping up with the Joneses. Oh yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. That's pretty much it. He's done television, including some Arrested Development. So I guess that explains yeah. Tambor and um, Bateman showing up. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing I've noticed, or rather not noticed so far, is that not, none of us have mentioned Paul. No one ah! mentions Seth Rogen or the <laughs> alien character in general. So... Very uh, true. So why don't we talk about Paul for a little bit? <laughs> Let's talk about Paul. So... Yeah. I like Seth Rogen's performance. I think Seth Rogen in general is very funny. It's really hard for me to describe this, but I found Paul, the animation, not bad. It's really good CGI. I found the animation annoying. I found him as a character. Maybe something about his smile. It's hard for me to put my (laughs) finger on it. But I'm watching him right now asking um, Frost whether or not he and Peg are gay. And he's sort of mimicking 
shoving various things up his ass. Big fan of those jokes, by the way. Big fan of those jokes. Oh, yes. Very, very clever. The constant <laughs> are-you-gay joke. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I, I do wonder if in the universe Clive actually does know what he's about to ask. He's just seeing how long it'll go for because he's got a bit of a knowing <laughs> smile as he keeps doing it. No, yeah. I like the idea that's just blissful ignorance. <laughs> that smile is just, um, oh, I wonder what he means, this lovely spaceman. Yeah. Um, I, do, I do agree. Sorry. No, <laughs> um, no, I do agree with you about um, Paul and Seth Rogen. I'm pretty, I'm usually a fan of Seth Rogen. I think he's a really funny guy, and um, a lot of the lines in this are pretty good. Um, what was that? What was the first? Oh, the whole, the whole like discussion they have about anal probing when he first shows up, and he's just his general uh, like flippant flippancy. I think is pretty yeah. cool. Um, Am I harvesting farts? That's that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> It was, it was uh, in, in, in context, that was really good. And the, the CGI looked surprisingly good, actually. I was, um, yeah, in, my, in, my, in my memory, my crazy 2011 memory where I've invented people who went to the cinema with me, <laughs> the, the CGI was always a bit um, dodgy, but it's actually, it actually looks good. Yeah, um, and the, uh, the eyes on Paul as well are really well done. Yes, yeah. he's got big reflective eyes. I think it's just something about the way he's filmed and captured, which is usually in a sort of three-quarters close-up, getting his shoulders and mm. face and his sort of raised eyebrows and big smile. I find it just a little bit, uh, I don't know, cheesy or, like, overly knowing. Do you feel like he is a bit smug just because he does know more than everyone else? Like, do you think he just feels smug and comes across that way? There's an aspect of that, but I think mainly it's just the idea that, oh, you love this character, don't you? You know you do. He's great. Look at him. You love him. And the way he's filmed and the way he presents himself is that you love him in spite of the fact. And that sort of being led very deliberately. Uh, yeah, I did feel a bit of an elbow in my side at all times being like, hey, this guy's a bit of a joker, isn't he? Look, oh, he's a fun one. You know, watch out. What's he going to do next? They're trying to portray him as the Fonz. He's, he's not <laughs> quite there. <laughs> mm, yeah, he's like three quarters fonts. Yeah, it was surprising. It was surprisingly sort of not funny <laughs> all the time, but it was. It was. I felt a lot better about it than I did than I remember mm. feeling about it the first time. But it's still something about it. I don't know whether whether it was the dynamic between him and Peg and Frost didn't quite work, and whether that's just one of the pitfalls of having one animated character and everyone trying to interact with him or not. Yeah. But there was something that just felt a little bit off. It, like the the peak of that for me was the um the 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 scene outside the RV at night when he started when he gets both of them dancing. I, I just real, watched that. Yeah. I have a real issue with um. There was a spate of uh, like um animated films like Mega Mind and um mm. things around around that sort of period where when you didn't know how to end a scene or how to end a movie, everyone <laughs> just did a big fucking dance. <laughs> yes, and, and in, that was a bit of a felt like that for me. They'd had a they had, they'd had a conversation, and it was like, come on, let's all have a dance. And it just <laughs> there was just and and there's a shot of Peg and Wright, uh, Peg and Frost. Sorry, sorry, wishful thinking. Peg and <laughs> Frost looking at the alien and like smiling, like going, oh, this guy is incorrigible. Yeah, and it was, and I very much had this like sense of the two of them staring at. Nothing. <laughs> Pretending that a CGI alien was dancing, um, and, it, and it occasionally, I think, it just took took me out of the the moment. One of the things that took me out of the moment. Very brief aside about that scene: uh, dancing in the moonlight by Paul. You, you can't, Paul. You can do it. 
Oh, did you say top loader? That's the one. Thanks. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. That was playing in that scene, and that felt like a very British tune to be playing, which I quite appreciated. Mm. I'm not sure if, it's, if it was ever that big in the States, but I just, in my head, think of it as a very English thing. A top loader actually Canadian or something? Are you going to tell me that? <laughs> they melt in the sun. Oh, shit. <laughs> they're made of chocolate. Oh, those guys. <laughs> I think they're English. Uh, they sound if, English. If only there was some way that we could look it up. Uh, <laughs> There's none. None at all. Uh, and, yes, they are British. They are from Eastbourne. Mm-hmm. Ah, can get much more British than that. There yep. you go. Good old <laughs> East Sussex, England. Ah, yes. Postcode. The old country. Yes. <laughs> 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 Oh dear. Uh, before we uh, move on to something else, I do want to just, um, because it's about to happen in the movie as I'm watching it. Uh, Kirsten Wiggs swearing. Kristen. Kristen yeah. Wiggs swearing. Um, occasionally really, it really landed well. Sometimes it didn't. Sometimes yeah. it felt like I would have liked it more, and it did eventually become that if it just didn't get commented on. Like mm-hmm. she's just, it's okay, she's lost her faith, so she's just going to swear a whole bunch now. Um, and I'd have liked it had they, none of the other characters reacted to that, but. Um, and eventually that is what happened after a certain mm. point. Uh, but I particularly enjoyed um, early on when they ask her a very innocuous question to which she replies, you bet your big fat cock I will. <laughs> yeah. That was great. And I, that was great. I, I do wonder exactly how much of that was just her going, okay, swear now. And she had oh, yeah. I love that. I really hope that was all improvised by her. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it just reminds you just how great Kristen Wiig is. <laughs> Yeah, she, uh, she's one of those actresses that like, just seem to come out of nowhere, and mm. now she's like one of the biggest comedy actresses out there. Well, it was Bridesmaids, wasn't it? Um, I- I've got to say that I've, I'm quite I'm fairly ignorant on comedy of um, comedy film history. Really, I, I, there was a time when I just wasn't watching it, so I have a lot of blind spots. Um, mm. And so I know I haven't actually seen Bridesmaids, but I think she was one of the sort of alumni. From that, along with Melissa McCartney. Yeah. Well, and, she's um, the main character in Bloodbites, so yeah. Yeah, so... Did she, sort she of do the SNL that. circuit? Yeah, she was on for Saturday Night Live for about seven years. Oh, okay. okay. Again, I've... I never watched Saturday Night Live, so I've, I never know about those guys before they yeah. sort of get into movies. Yeah, fair enough. I, I don't watch it that much. I've seen clips here and there, but I, I haven't watched it that much in quite a mm. long time. And mm. I, I get... think Bridesmaid was... Like, the first film she did after she left Saturday Night Live. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and so many of the people who are in that are now sort of huge. Mm. Yeah, and I've heard great things about it as well. Um, yeah. Sadly, I think one of the only films I've seen Kristen Wiig in is Blankbusters, uh, for God's sake. <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> oh, it's working. The, ad- the advertising's working. Um, <laughs> You've got yeah, better saw... SEO than got Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was very good in Blankbusters. You did really well getting her on. Yeah, um, yes, very, very insightful lady. Exactly. Um, but... One day we'll release that episode to the general public. They're not ready yet. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, she was she was great in Ghostbusters as well. Um, I think she probably might be easily my favourite thing about that film. Oh come on, Kate McKinnon. No, oh. it just didn't didn't work for me. Ah, she was what she made, was overdoing it. I think her and uh, Chris Hemsworth made the film for me. Oh, Chris Hemsworth was quite fun. I did like Chris Hemsworth, and uh, I feel like I shouldn't. I feel like I should just be sort of behind behind the like the main thrust of it the four female ghostbusters but chris and chris and the four i, I know we differ on this but i was very fond of um lady whose name i've forgotten the only ghostbuster we haven't named yet <laughs> um i mean there's technically the one... two there's melissa mccarthy 
The other one. <laughs> <laughs> the other What's one. That name? What's that name? You see, I don't think you know her name either. No, I do. I I'm, look just, it up. I'm just letting you go, because I want to see uh, what I'm up with. It's Leslie Jones, in case you're wondering. Leslie Jones. She was, I liked her a lot. Now, um, I am currently, sorry, my researching hole is currently filled with trying to figure out if I've seen another film of Kirsten Wig in it that I like a lot. Kristen. I can't... <laughs> <laughs> That, that's, where he, that's where he's running into trouble. He just can't. Uh, he can't find the right person. Uh, she, was, she, was a, she was a voice in her. Yeah, she was a voice in her. She's um, she's like the person that's running the department when you're seeing them on the screen, like all the data on the screen in the like uh. the headquarters. She's the uh. one running that. Oh, check check this out though. She's she's in uh, she's in Mother. Yeah, I saw that. that. She's, she's going to be in downsizing. Be, she's about to be in a movie called The Heyday of the Insensitive Bastards, which sounds great. Wonderful. Yeah, she's in downsizing. I can't wait to see that in a few weeks. Yeah. Um, she was in... What else have I seen her in? I, I don't know. I'm not qualified to answer that question. <laughs> Tell me. I don't know. <laughs> I say Fall uh, of the Dinosaurs. I have not. Okay. <laughs> oh, she did a drunk history. That's pretty cool. Hmm. How to Train Your Dragon, one and two. Yep, I like those a lot. I can't remember who Roughnut is. That might be the love interest. In which case, she did a good job. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, but she's I, she's great. She is great. We can all agree on that. Yeah. Oh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. I remember that she was the yoga instructor who was uh, who's really um, sort of belligerent to Jason Segel when he's trying to sort of do fat drunk yoga. Yeah, <laughs> um, and and have, yeah. have you guys seen either the Wet Hot American Summer Netflix? Series? No. Have you seen Wet Hot American Summer? No, no. Okay. Number one, watch Wet Hot American Summer. Number two, <laughs> watch both the Netflix. <laughs> she, she's in that in um, a few episodes. Eric, in there. Mm-hmm. She's in that. She was also really good in. I think the first thing I probably saw her in and didn't even realize it was her until I just looked it up is that she played Bra Bra in uh, Flight of the Concords, the crazy lady who lost her dog, and both Brett and Jermaine go looking for it in order to try and impress her. Oh wow! Uh, which is a really funny role. Hmm. So yeah. Oh. Anyway, so Paul. good. Good on Kristen Wiig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I I actually when I was watching it, like, it was. It was pre- pretty much the opening, t- not the opening scene, but the opening mm. of the film. Uh, I do wrote down my one good thing for it. You uh, hinted it, and it is when it's after Clive and Graham get into the RV, and then the orcs get into the car and just throw the money on the ground. So the guy just yells out, "Just fucking orcs!" Like eh, I enjoyed <laughs> that line. That was a good line. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I didn't. I didn't even pick. I've got a few. A lot of good things here, a long list. Let me see if I can pick out what my favourite one was. Oh, there are a lot of good. There are a lot of uh, good things about about this. Um, I really like the line in the in the the bar fight um, of uh, "Oh shit, sailors!" when uh, they get <laughs> that was funny. The, the big hillbillies <laughs> get pushed into them. Yeah. <laughs> major major threat. Everyone is he sailors in like the bit you know like the pristine white caps and <laughs> and, and, and like blue collars and things. Yeah, very <laughs> you know what? stereotypical sailors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to dedicate my one best thing of this to uh, the character I felt got a really rough deal um, and was just sort of literally thrown off a cliff uh, (laughs) with no ceremony. And that is Bill Hader's character, the FBI guy. And my favorite line he said during the movie is after a pretty poorly executed joke where he was hiding behind a cactus. Uh, which I felt was poor because it was very obvious he would be behind the cactus. So I was hoping he would turn out to be somewhere else 
in the frame that maybe he would just step out from behind the other guy or something just something to surprise mm. me but it didn't he was behind the cactus but uh so he runs over and um the two are talking about something serious and he quickly bursts into frame and says i was hiding <laughs> yeah i mean bill bill hader is just consistently hilarious i think in just about everything that i've seen him in um yeah i i, I to the extent that i wouldn't mind seeing him in snl because he might i've never i've never quite We've got on, yeah. on with SNL. I think it's Not just one of those I. things that escapes it escapes me with sort of British sensibilities. But I, I feel like Bill Hader would be consistently funny in SNL as well because he's just brilliant in everything I've seen. Yeah. Um, I was really happy to remember that he was in this, actually. Oh, he voiced the lead character in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. That's excellent. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Fear in Inside Out. Mm. Very good voice guy. Yeah, he, yes. he's one of those people that... When he does voices, he's able to change it enough that you don't necessarily notice it's him. Uh, like, yeah, mm. I would say his like his main role in Cloudy Jump Meeples and his main role in Inside Out are totally different. Like I, I'd I say so. I know the same guy. So yeah. you wouldn't say that about Paul and the head sausage out of Sausage Party. No, <laughs> uh, but then again, I think Seth Rogen. Not quite along the same lines as Gilbert Gottfried, but he does have a bit of a recognisable <laughs> voice. So. He does, Rob. <laughs> he, he does, and for him it works, because that's kind of his shtick. And again, actually, I do... It's a shame that um, Seth Rogen was kind of trapped in an alien's body in this, and he wasn't just playing a character with Seth Rogen's body, because he's pretty hes pretty great as well. I, I haven't seen many films where I don't like him. Mm. In fact, in Superbad, he and Bill Hader play um like like beat cops almost they, they get called to a house party to, to break it up and the two of them side by side are just fucking fantastic um yeah that would have been i mean seth rogan might even have been my one better thing my one good thing if uh, if he'd have been in it in his in his big corporeal form yeah i think it would have been great if seth rogan had been the big guy like, if it turns out that he's... Oh, that would have like, been complicated. And the aliens <laughs> doing, like, a shitty impression of him the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm <Seth> Rogen. <laughs> or, yeah. or it could just be that because Seth Rogen's character has been in charge of him for so long, that's just, that's just why he sounds like him. It's been around Yeah, yeah, yeah 60 years, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a shame. Yeah, neat. Okay, um, is there anything else to discuss on this this one? I did, I did just want to point out in, um, actually another great comedy moment, which is my favourite bit of physical humour, which was the re re revolving slap that Jason Bateman delivers to um, one of the, the FBI guys. Yes. I can't remember which one it is, but he's, um, he's, he's got his back to him and he says something stupid when they're on the phone trying to get Kristen Wiig's location. And um, without even really looking at him, his whole body turns with his arm outstretched and just delivers a full like, open palm slap around the side of his face. <laughs> It's perfect. Yeah. It's just a physical comedy. Yeah, that, that's uh, he does that to Agent O'Reilly because he's talking about space man balls. It's just whack. Mm. 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 That's right. That's picking it up, and, sort of Donny like. Yeah. And then uh, Haggard slaps him as well the next time. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But as oh. Stephen Fry says the true comedy is often not in the person delivering the slap, but the person receiving it. And um, the guy out of Brooklyn Nine Nine is very good at taking a slap. Yeah. In fact, I think. I think uh, the person that I've seen, of course, Stephen Fry would know, because the person that I've seen react the best to any form of slap is Hugh Laurie. 
That's it. That's why he was saying it. Hugh Laurie's yeah. just a, a master at taking a good taking a good punch or <laughs> cricket bat around the head. Yeah, and yeah, black really is. is always fun to yes, watch. Yes. And then, uh, I, uh, a bit of Fran Laurie is on Hulu over here. Yeah. And, uh, I, oh, that's I'm, brilliant. I hope I hope everybody's watching it because it's superb. Yeah, <laughs> one of my favorite bits in that entire series is when Hugh Laurie sings a savage, angry song about jars that are separated from their lids. And he just get, he just sings a song, just like "Where is the lid?" And then you just see Stephen Fry in the background find the lid. So he just comes up, just like "Shoot, it's here!" And he just keeps singing. Does anyone know? <laughs> I do. Does anyone? Know? It's right here, Hugh. And so he ends up just punching him in the stomach. So he hits the ground, and then it turns into an in memoriam for Shoe Laurie. So one of my uh, favorite moments that they've done uh, really good <laughs> i love that show it was so subversive and and even though it was largely based around sort of witty dialogue exchanges and wordplay it was still definitely not above just occasionally hitting you laurie over the head with a cricket bat no yeah and it, which it, i think it, is the perfect blend of comedy really is <laughs> monty python did the same thing you know yeah, like yeah. these outrageously intelligent guys but definitely not above a perfect sight gag yeah, and and it also helped to showcase just how talented Hugh Laurie is because he can play the harmonica, the guitar, and the piano, and sure the kazoo, can. and he can sing in multiple <laughs> accents, and he's funny. <laughs> it's, it's just not fair. Pull <laughs> <laughs> him at the slapping scene, so I'm going to look out for... Um... Did you say it was Bill Hader who delivers the slap? Or, um... I thought it was Jason Bateman. Yeah, Jason Bateman okay. slaps him first, and then it's Bill Hader that slaps him again, and then Jason Bateman slaps... Bill Hader. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. It's a very complicated slap exchange. Yeah, it reminded it's... me a bit of... Sorry. It's a, almost a Three Stooges-esque. That thing where well, interestingly, it reminded me of the um, the the slaps that Mother gives his, gives her children in Future Armor. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, which uh, yeah, very inventive slapping. Yes, and generally following a one line along the lines of uh, "shove a bastard in it, you crap." Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and oh. uh, yeah, Sigourney Weaver's performance actually reminded me quite a bit of Mother from uh, Future Armor. It's ironic because she's also voiced a character in Future Armor, yeah. but um. <laughs> mm. Yeah, her sort of screaming at Jason, at Jason Bateman, was sort of mother-esque. Oh, you're right, <laughs> yeah. that is a good slap. Yeah. yeah. He, he very good... casually just sort of turns his whole body around with the arm already extended and just catches <laughs> his way out. Yeah, yeah it's pinpoint, isn't it? <laughs> um, uh, I should probably mention at, at this stage that the, um, the, the house explosion looks yes. excellent. Yes, yes, speaking it's of actual real explosions. <laughs> yeah. Like with the slapping. Um, yes, the house explosion was great, and so was... Uh, Simon Pegg's chest shot. That was really yeah. gross. Like once yeah. that he'd been shot, it just sort of squelched out of him. Mm, there were yeah. some good practical effects in this, and the house looked like an actual place they blew up. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was uh, thanks for reminding me. That was another thing that reminded me of Spaced. Like when uh, a Nick Frost character gets shot in paintball, it's just <laughs> like oh, oh that's oh god, yeah, <laughs> he spitting out paint. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and uh, well, the the very end, the way that they dispatched the big guy, they, I mm. I really enjoyed that because the first time I watched it, it did it, it literally comes out of nowhere. It's, it's, mm. Yeah, uh, so it was. Uh, I I enjoyed not knowing exactly how they were going to get out of it, and then it was just. Uh, I know some people would say it's a bit of a cop out, really, just uh, immediately <laughs> get rid of him, but I I liked it. Yeah. So just sort of another good Kirsten Wig moment I liked immediately after the house explosion. Kristen! Where, um, Kristen! <laughs> oh, 
she she starts running back towards the explosion yeah. in order to check her dad's okay. And then when he sort of stamp, stumbles to his feet, he's like, yep, he's alive. Let's go. <laughs> and he sort of turns yeah. around and starts running again. <laughs> yes, that was excellent. Yeah, and just run away, just like, leave us alone. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> Does anyone else have anything they specifically want to mention? My list. <laughs> a good line to end it on. If you do have anything else, fair enough. But I have a good line to like end it on. Um, well, I just had uh, uh, another note that I, I did like that uh, in the entire film, Seth Rogen's character is the most normal in inverted commas out of all of them, with the possible exception of Jason Bateman. Yeah, like everyone else is just weirder in some way <laughs> than the alien. The alien, just kind of yeah, just, eh, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that is um, true. I quite like the twist where it did turn out that Jason Bateman's um, character was the good guy. Uh, I think I might have said that earlier, actually, but you did, it took that... me by surprise. And I, I thought you were going to say the twist that his name was Lorenzo Zoyle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that twist as well was a real revelation <laughs> yeah. to me. And uh, the, I think... I think if Lorenzo I Lorenzo Zoyle, I just got it. Yeah, that, I remember correctly, I hope, that in one of the commentaries for it, they mentioned that that look that he gives them right after they say his name is supposed to imply that that is the first time he has ever understood what his name sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think uh, uh, there was just one one line that I wrote down that I was just like, well, that's kind of typical Simon Pegg-esque line, which is mm. when uh, they're running away from the hillbillies and Nick, Nick Frog's character says, uh, yeah, they're probably going to break her arms and rape us and Simon Pegg just goes, I don't want my arm broken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that yeah, felt like good. pretty much every Simon Pegg character with the mm-hmm. exception of Nick Angel, I think. Like, yeah. <laughs> This is the, the, the thing. I think what I, even though the jokes are very similar in this and the, the um, dynamic between um, Peg and Frost is, is, is very similar, the joy in Shaun of the Dead and Spaced and Hot Fuzz is that like, the world around them is, is crap and, and kind of in a, in a very English way. Yeah. And everything is done, suppose, it's on a massive scale, yeah, it's on a very small scale as well. Um, in, yeah, it's a, very, it's a very unique thing and I feel like, this film and i don't know why whether it was the different director or the fact that they you know it's set in america or they wanted to just tell a different maybe slightly bigger story um the it kind of jar like the seriousness or like realness of the world jars a little bit with the with the comedy so when you in, in Shaun of the dead uh, hot fuzz when you have that massive serious shootout it's done in this tiny village square and they're facing off against um, a florist and a, a vicar and um, you know the owner of a hotel and so on and so on and so forth but in this like you've got FBI and you've got uh, what, uh, whatever is above them who deal with aliens the fringe division whatever <laughs> and it um, it reminded me a little bit when Jason Bateman was doing serious Jason Bateman it reminded me of the agents in that episode of Space the first oh, series, yeah. first uh, episode yeah. of series two Kevin um, Eldon yes and Mark Gatiss and, um, oh my god! So it is. Yeah, and um, it was it, it strayed a little too close to that, but unintentionally, I think. And yeah. that's and I guess that's what happens when you try and do it a bit more with a bit more sincerity than than sort of the, uh, like the slathered irony in uh, in in other Peg Wright Frost films. Yeah. Mm. And uh, apparently, Bateman 
based his character off of uh, Tommy Lee Jones in The Fugitive. So maybe that's... Mm. Right. That makes sense. But it, mm. it, it could just be that, obviously, he was basing it off of someone like very serious, but maybe mm. it was just a bit too serious for the film, given that every other character is out there. And he's very much not. So. Mm. But then I liked, I did like the performance, like in and of itself. I thought it was, it was pretty good, and he had some really good lines, as you know, to like shoot down the ridiculous FBI agents. Were they FBI agents? Uh, yes, I believe they Hater were. And they were rookies in the FBI. Yes, I, I did think it was kind of interesting that that they. I get the feeling that all new FBI agents are kind of like those two. They're just like, <laughs> oh, we've got a we've got a job now. Yeah, let's get. Uh, I love anything that's willing to portray sort of members of authority, and particularly mem- American members of authority, as just being very childish. <laughs> like um, that was something that David Lynch did in Twin Peaks: The Return. Is that all the FBI agents are just grossly incompetent, kind of like kids <laughs> like uh oh, at some point they're like should we investigate this yes paul that's what we <laughs> do at the fbi <laughs> <laughs> i love that i feel like we should get the the federal bureau and uh, go and investigate somehow i don't know uh, uh, yeah i was trying to think like, you mentioned hot fuzz hot fuzz i think is one of the best at laying down little things here and there and then paying them off so well later. Uh, For instance, uh, when they're doing the crossword and it's a fascist (laughs) and hag and that's what they shout out at each other during the shootout. Oh, right, loves that. And this film, this film, I feel it tries really hard to do it. And uh, some of it hit, but then some of it is just like, oh, yeah, okay, that that was a, that was a callback, wasn't it? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's 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 half that and half visual cues as well to sort of help you like lodge those moments in your brain i think and it was just the the, the right influence the you know right w-r-i-g-h-t influence <laughs> was the right right influence yeah the right right influence is uh conspicuous in its absence i think yeah. <laughs> and i don't want to just i don't want to like shackle them down and say well the problem with this is it's not similar enough to their old films because yeah no one wants it's to just, hear that and it's not it's legit. just a case of this doesn't quite work and we want to know why it doesn't quite work and so the nearest point of reference is to look at the stuff that they've done which does work and so yeah. and therefore try and figure out what it is that's lacking yeah. that means um that we're just not quite invested in this. By the way, sorry, I just got to the scene where Simon Pegg wakes up and they've written something on his forehead. Did yeah. anyone get that joke? Like, what did they write? I don't... Uh, I don't um, it says, uh, gone back to the RV, and then it's an X and an R on it. So, the oh. R, so that the joke is the fact that Paul says it in that deadpan, just like, she's gone back to the RV. And it's like, oh, okay. of course, reading minds. It's like, nope. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, I get it. Yeah, but that that was a bit too forced. I thought those. They, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was just like the way that Seth Rogen decided to read that, and it just made it like, oh, okay, maybe it just fell flat because the delivery was flat. Uh, I don't know. Uh, could have yeah, could have been any number of things, but there was a bit of drawing attention to to jokes and uh, yes, lingering on them for a bit too long. And again, you don't get really get a chance in. Sorry, but you don't get a chance in Edgar Wright films to to linger <laughs> on anything. Move yeah. on. Yeah, um, yeah. Take uh, Scott Pilgrim as an example. There is no lingering in that film. There's, there's no. It's a frenetic film. <laughs> yeah, oh, the only wonderful. film my wife has walked out of that one. <laughs> really? Ooh. Yeah. She uh, she's not a fan of anime. In fact, she hates anime. So huh. that didn't help. Uh, <laughs> there was some stylings. 
Yeah, and it, it when it, when I was watching Scott Pilgrim, I was like, okay, this is going to be one of my favorite films now. And it wasn't until like she walked out, and I was trying to think why. I was like, oh yeah, this is a live action anime, isn't it? Like, this, this is exactly what that film is. And so that's yeah. Cool. By the way, she didn't justify it at all. She just stood up and left. <laughs> yeah, she did. Uh, oh, okay. She just lent over and just like, I'm just going to leave now. <laughs> I think it was only after he defeated the second ex. Is uh, mm. so that was when <laughs> she walked out. So I followed her to make sure she was all right, and then she told me to go back in for the shit. So I missed a yeah. little bit of the film the first time I saw it. Was uh, the second ex um, Chris Chris Evans as the stunt yes, guy? Yes, I think yes. so. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's actually hilarious. Uh, <laughs> that's <actually laughs> you see, I saw that movie just the once, but it's just. I'll never forget the sort of things in that yeah. movie. It's so memorable. Yeah, Punching it, the number in with the gun. Yeah. And uh, the, the bit was just like, oh, is Scott here? And it's just, oh, and then he jumps through the window. He just left. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I really love Kieran McCulkin in that movie as well. Oh, yeah. But, uh, I yeah. can't remember the specifics of the gag, but it's something like, how did you already find out about that? And it turns over and Kieran's like, what's he doing? Is he like... He's just texting. He's asleep with the phone in his hand. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are just... But again, this that's a film where there's so much detail. Like, he'll go into that house party and um, he, he walks past a guy who's... He's going, he's saying something like completely asinine, like, oh, their first album's so much better than their first album. And then, um, <laughs> and then like, later on at the, one of the, the gigs that they play, um, there's somebody in the, in the crowd saying, oh, they're so much better live. Like, they're like better, better than this. And it's like, it's like characters out of a Woody Allen film. Everybody is just so vapid. Um, yeah. But yeah, just, de- just the, the, the detail is. Mm. Kind of what's missing from uh, something like well something like this. Yeah, I've got to say sorry. It's really been quite revolutionary for me to have the movie running as we've been discussing this because I just saw another moment I'd like to highlight, which is the little kid, the little kid that they meet in the comics. Yes, Yes. the ginger kid with the glasses. He's He's great. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because he just steals the fucking comic, which Paul supports for some reason, even though you know it's local business. But then later on, he just comes back and kicks that guy in the balls. Yeah, no. Real understanding of what's going on. Yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and then the I do like the reaction as well. Like, who's that kid? It's just like ah, <laughs> that's Keith Nash. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great, and he looks like the kid out of um, Hot Fuzz. What um, Aaron A. Aronson? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that actually took me two viewings to get that joke because I had forgotten. Me too. About the uh, what? Just go through the phone book, are we? Just start with Aaron A. Aronson. Yeah. yeah, it's like, why does Simon Pegg respond, sorry? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that took a while for me to get, too. Mm, same here. <laughs> yeah, for, but that's what's great about Edgar Wright, because it's so Layers. dense. Yeah, the, yeah. The onion of cinema. <laughs> there were a couple <laughs> Another of... Another onion, uh, perfect. <laughs> Another onion. Um, there were jokes in this I didn't get, but that's largely because I think I wasn't paying enough attention. <laughs> <laughs> you were facing the wrong... Again. Who will come that um, next time? <laughs> what was the final line that you had, Paul, that you wanted to close on? Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> the final line I had was the very last line of the film, which I quite liked. Um, it's a shame it was then sort of followed up by the montage, which we didn't necessarily need. But um, they're looking; they've seen Paul go off in his spaceship, um, which and takes he off says, very slowly. "Takes off very slowly." I like that line as well, which actually was a gag I made before they did, um, which isn't great. You always want to make the gag slightly before the audience figures it out, yeah. but. Um, 
after that, the ship's gone, and they're all just sort of left there, these very disparate characters, and um, Nick Frost just says, oh, that was good, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. It's a very crap British thing to say. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah it was... on, it's like the film went on two seconds too long, and uh, like it was after the end of the movie. It's like the happily ever after, and then the, oh, well, get my coat then. <laughs> so yeah, with regards to this conversation, perhaps we might say, Oh, that was good, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I I did happen to receive a text from Brian with his thoughts on the film, and it is simply, it appears to be a passable Seth Rogen vehicle. There we go. That's one way of looking at it. Or maybe it's a passable Frost pet. Nixon. Nixon. Frost Nixon vehicle. (laughs) A very passable Frost Nixon, yes. (laughs) Their best comedy. requirements. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's probably a, that's a good way of summing it up. I suppose <laughs> it's it's passable, but given the history of um, sort of Peg Frost, right? Disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. And Rogan and director, just everyone involved. A little, <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit disappointing. Yeah. 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 Oh. <laughs> well, oh. I, I, and with that bombshell, uh, I feel like <laughs> we should bring this conversation to a close. Then. Um, so, one more time then, guys. Where can people get a hold of you if they want to contact you or listen to you or so on and so forth? Well, they can um, follow us on Twitter at OGTPod um, and Facebook at OGTPod. We've got an email address, which is OGTPod at gmail.com. It's all very uh, straightforward. Um, you can listen to us on iTunes. Uh, we've got most a lot of our episodes on YouTube. Um, <laughs> Stitcher, uh Buzzsprout, straight at the source, but any other podcast app, really. Mm. All right. uh, and I didn't do it at the beginning, so I'll do it here as well. Uh, those of you that have been listening to this, obviously, have been listening to the Blokebusters feed, so thanks for finding us. But uh, if you want to get a hold of us in any way, you can follow us on Twitter at Blokebusters, Facebook.com slash Blokebusters, or on Instagram at Blokebusters. You can email blokebusterpodcast at gmail.com because Muggins here forgot the second S. And... Uh, <laughs> We have a website, <laughs> blockbusters.webs.com, which should be up to date, probably, at the time of this recording. So <laughs> go and see if it still is at that point. Uh, so yeah, so thanks for coming on, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, thank you. Thanks thank you for very much. It's it has been pleasure. fun. Yeah, no, no problem. And uh, Brian has said that he will do a solo Life of Brian review to make up for his absence here today so <laughs> oh no 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 there's got to be a terrible film that's got the word brighton in it i must sure, be i'll be sure, allowed to get there with that i'm sure there is but uh all right why don't you guys sift through your <laughs> suggestions and then uh, let us know if you find one with brighton in the title <laughs> Well, you know, it, it can never hurt to talk about one of the greatest comedies of all time yeah, and have a bit Brian. of positivity in our lives. <laughs> the Brian identity. <laughs> you know, I think he enjoyed that one. So that's no. my <laughs> The most violent Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Very big fan. Brian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, this could go on a while. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting in front of Paul's DVD collection, so it could really go on for years. <laughs> Well, before oh. that happens... <laughs> Brian Club? Uh, <laughs> the Breakfast Brian? Brian. <laughs> breakfast at Brian. God. I'm, I'm, I'm in front I'm, of my horror... I'm in front of my horror collection, so I'm... I'm get Brian? <laughs> Wicker Brian? <laughs> Wicker Brian! <laughs> Don't look, Brian. <laughs> Brian the 13th. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, okay. Oh, good. So, <laughs> okay. 
So, with all that being said, I've been Paul. I've been Paul. And I've been Paul. Alright, <laughs> uh, see you, folks. Bye. Okay. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Hang on a minute, lads. I've got a great idea. Uh. Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.